Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. I've said several different times, by the way, KB's going to talk Drew Holiday here in a second. Me and Mark are going to leave the studio and he's going to do what he needs to do here uh, for, for a couple that minutes. Sounded I, a little personal. Well, I, I just feel like you got, a, you got a little bit of an NBA man crush here. Uh, so we'll talk about that here in a second. You know, I just I, <laughs> I just had to bring it up because I found it funny. Um, so Taylor Swift is going to be at the Jets game on Sunday night. And we're not talking about it because we'll let ESPN and all the national outlets talk about it. But I'm only mentioning it because they went, and if you can imagine a team that went from thinking they were going to be great to being who they are, and that's losers in the Jets, right? I mean, you know, the level—they're not even lovable losers; they're just losers in the New York Jets. Um, reporters were asking their players yesterday, KB, uh, about their thoughts on Taylor Swift being at the game on Sunday night. <laughs> God. You this, talk about humbling. This is this is you know a sauce gardener is. I mean, maybe it's questions. better than asking answering questions about Zach Wilson. <laughs> well, you're not wrong, but uh, salt. Simeon. Yeah, salt in the it, wound, it, if you will. Should we apologize to Swifties that we've made them watch the Bears and the Jets these first two games? Uh, I mean, they she's don't not going to know what good football is. She's going to see the Chiefs just rolling up. She's like, what are these other teams doing? Yeah, I mean, literally, she's going to be like, is this one double A here from an NFL sense? Uh, we'll certainly get in the. Colts conversation again great news on the Anthony Richardson Ryan Kelly front from yesterday and you know you have the Damian Lillard trade that happened yesterday afternoon Andy and I honestly the first thing that stood out to me was really like oh wow Drew Holiday is on the move and obviously he's going to Portland Portland seems to be in rebuild mode so that means Drew Holiday is going to be on the move again Mm -hmm. and I've always loved Drew Holiday I think he brings it on both ends of the floor I think you know the the departure of Eric Bledsoe from the Bucks, the addition of Drew Holiday was a huge one to kind of push them over the hump and getting to be that championship team. Again, I'm, I, as I've said, I'm probably a sucker for kind of the Team USA stuff. I think Holiday was great in the Olympics last cycle as well. Um, and, and I look at him and think that is a big big loss for the Bucks. And I also sit here and think, where is he going to end up? And why not Indiana? Okay, well, why Indiana? Jake has a copyright on yeah. that phrase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, hear me out on this, Yeah, but okay? why Indiana? All right, go ahead. Let's hear it. The Pacers certainly are in a position to where they have some attractive things on their roster. They still have multiple first-round picks. We've talked about the expiring contract of a Buddy Heald. I would think those things, other expiring contracts, if you want to go Aaron Neesmith, you know, you've got a logjam of centers in the front court. I don't know. Is Daniel Tice someone views as, yeah, we'll take him and then we'll move him and we'll kind of do our own, you know, get all the expiring contracts and and create a bunch of cap space. Um, Would Portland have any interest in that? And I I don't know. This might be a little pipe dreamy here with Drew Holiday, but Drew Holiday did marry an Indianapolis girl and Lauren Chaney, the pride of Ben Davis High School, one of the greatest (laughs) athletes certainly the state has ever, ever produced. And would Drew Holiday like to round out his career here in Indiana? Now he is an expiring contract himself, right? So he's making about thirty-seven mil this coming season. You would, and the Pacers could withstand they that could. by obviously right? moving some pieces out. Buddy Heald would probably be the center of that, and I don't know, maybe you would have to move an Andrew Nemhard and something, and maybe it would get too rich. But you know, is it two first-round picks? Is it one first-round pick? Do you throw Neesmith in there? Do you throw Tyson there? Who else would that look like? First off, I think Drew Holiday is a great player. Secondly, I think he would be one of the more ideal in-locker-room, you-follow-me to Benedict Matherin. Like, when I look at Matherin right now, and I think where his game needs to grow and what he could be at some point in his career, if he could sniff Drew Holiday, that would be a dream. And I kind of look at that and think, man, that would do wonders for him. So, obviously, it's the Pacers. Obviously, we know the market, but 
this dude does have a tie to Central Indiana for what it's worth. I have no idea if they would have interest in wanting to be here and or wanting to be here for multiple years. But usually, Andy, when all these names get thrown out there, you just simply say, you know, ESPN trade machine, the Pacers could make it work. And I'm like, guys, let's live in reality. Mm -hmm. This one, I'm like, you know what? Maybe there would be a phone call that gets answered back. And... I don't know if the Pacers are in like the push your chips into the middle of the table. I think you'd be pushing a lot of chips into the middle of the table, but I don't think this would also be like this is the only big move you make for Tyrese Halliburton, and it's either this or it's a bust, and all of a sudden Halliburton's like, wait, this is what you did? And he decides that he wants to leave. Because, again, Holiday's 33. Not like he's going to be like this player for the next you know, handful of years. Maybe from a time, table or time frame standpoint, it doesn't add up. But this is one that does pique my interest here for a couple of different reasons. It feels like to me... Am I dreaming too much? Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I think you are. Like I just looked at ESPN, uh, and they have listed, uh, obviously not the, not the Pacers, they've listed the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Warriors, and I guess for whatever reason, the New York Knicks, who, by the way, that's... Well, screw the, ESPN. That's, ESPN had you know, Miami and Toronto <laughs> is the only two teams for Damian Lillard, and then here come the Bucks. It is it it is funny that Lillard. Uh, what was the report? I think Woj or somebody ten days ago. Lillard told his represent uh, his representatives, "Yeah, it doesn't have to be the Miami Heat. I'll go to the Nets or I'll go to the Bucks." And it's only funny because he mentioned the Nets. I don't know why. It's just it, it's funny that he mentioned the Nets. Let me ask you this. And it's not a one-for-one, one, but I'm just asking you. You have seen the value in Buddy Heald. You like Drew Holiday more than Buddy Heald, I assume? Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I'm just saying, if you, I mean, had, this team, if you had to choose... Yeah, this I mean, team stinks, stinks on defense. Drew right. Holiday would is come a good in defender. here and would immediately upgrade you there. Um, and and I, I look a, a little bit more at it, too, again. What could he do for Matherin? And that growth and a passing of the torch down the road. And I don't think you'd have to mortgage the entire future by getting him. Maybe it would be just on a one-year cycle and you would see how it would go. But if you view guys like Buddy Heald, Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, and you view them and say, well, they're not really parts of the 2024-2025 Pacers, this is an opportunity to potentially um, you know, move them for a piece. And a lot of this depends on how you view those first round picks. I mean, I, right. I don't want to. Well, that's get what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't want to get into the parameters of like what that other first round pick is, but you know, there's like four teams involved in it, and it's the worst pick of those four. Um, if you think you're going to be a legit team this year, your own pick's probably going to be late teens, early twenties. So um, these names, they all pop up, and usually I'm very quick to say, nope, nope, nope. Let it grow from an organic standpoint. But this one, to me. There's just a little bit more interest there. Um, it's not the end-all, be-all. I'm not going to obviously like rip the Pacers if they don't <laughs> pursue this. But, Andy, this is one, given his style, given how he's wired, what I think he would do for the team right now, what I think he would do for some of your young guys as well. Uh, I think there would be some benefits in this. Yeah, I think the mentorship is not something that I thought of. I think that's your best battle cry, KB, on this Thursday on the fan. Let me ask you this. I don't want to act uh, like it's sole mentorship. Like, I don't want to act like this is no, like no, he's James still a good, Johnson, no, he's, George Hill. Like, <laughs> he's still a good player. No, he is still more than a good player. Uh, he is going to be seen probably by some of the big boys, maybe even in the Eastern Conference of, hey, uh, you would put us over the hump, if you will. Uh, let me ask you this. You mentioned his wife was from where now? The pride of Ben Davis the High pride School, Lauren of, of Ben Davis. Well, the only reason I ask that is in sports, when a coach is rumored, the wife is always somewhere looking at property. Okay, what's the one locally? Did we have that, a Billy Donovan well, rumor in Bloomington at, at some point? At every Billy Donovan has been his wife has been purchasing land. Uh, at, remember Kentucky with mm-hmm. Billy she Gillespie just, she just jumped and, into Griffey yeah, Lake in and, Bloomington. And, and, yeah, Bloomington, Lexington's exploding. Uh, the one I always think of is John Gruden in Tennessee. The Volunteers. Remember John Gruden's wife was looking at ten million dollar mansions in Knoxville. <laughs> That's my favorite one. I didn't know there was. Such Things in Knoxville. Yeah. Well, you'll be there in a couple weeks, right? I, uh, yeah. When um, is that game? About by a month the way, and a half. oh, it's a month uh, and a half. November, I believe. That's a late yeah. game. 
Josh well, Heupel might be fired by then with how they've played this season. Settle down. Settle down. Now, I want to play this piece of audio if you don't mind. Somebody, y'all look at the NBA, man. Y'all need to look into the Bucks. NBA, well, what's man. going on? That's y'all need to look into the Bucks. Is that me? What's going on? Yeah, I have no idea what's going on with the Adobe Audition. If you're going to have computer control, you need to get control of your computer. <laughs> Nothing's sir. happening. I'm just looking at the computer. Why is it automatically playing? What did Jake do? I'm blaming Jake. Uh-huh. JMV would never sabotage us like this. The funniest <laughs> thing from yesterday, Jimmy Butler, immediately after the oh, he trade. He was accusing tampering, right? Yeah, here's what he had to say. This was on Instagram. NBA, man. Y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. Gonna put that out there. Y'all didn't hear it from me, but I heard it through somebody. Y'all look at him for tampering. The Bucks tampering Jimmy Butler. Y'all didn't hear it from me. Didn't he just say it? <laughs> Give us what? some more, Jimmy. He was told by somebody. Just somebody. He was told by somebody. Which is funny, giving that wasn't the entire thing. Like the Miami Heat basically trying to force this deal and shaming the Pacers into taking Tyler Hero, who nobody wants, apparently. Are you anti-Tyler Hero? We can move to Anthony Richardson. Are you anti-Tyler Hero? Uh, probably. Okay. Okay. It's all Starting I need to lineup know. Brian wanted, wanted us to uh, dive into here. Okay, Halliburton, Drew Holiday. Let's start Bruce Brown. Let's start... Toppin. Let's start Miles. Second unit, Matherin can once again dominate the ball in the second unit. Matherin, Nemhard. Let's say you're giving up Heald, Neesmith, Tice, maybe two first rounders. Uh, who else would be in that second Ooh. unit? Matherin, Nemhard, Jordan Wara would be there. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Would McConnell be in the second unit? I think you said it. Do you say Obi Toppin anywhere? Oh, Jarris Walker, of okay, course. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Jarris yeah, Walker. I, I don't... I think it's a call you make. And I, I'm a big believer in you You make every call. Because you want to know who's got interest. Who? And I'm going to ask Scott Agnes this coming up at 8.30. We obviously didn't see the Pacers involved in this three-teamer. Phoenix was the third team involved in this one. But the Drew Holiday move is going to happen. And I'm always curious, given the Pacers' young core, seemingly they've got too many guys. Which is a great problem to have. But like we've named 11-12 now for the last week or so, of like these dudes can all play. So if you've got a log jam for minutes, can you attach yourself as a third team to one of these trades and get something in return? Again, we didn't see it with Lillard, but I am curious if the Pacers could still be open-minded to that given what they have. All right, Colts back in action. Uh, we want to switch to the Colts here? Or is that is that good with the Pacers? Are you good with that? We'll talk with Agnes at eight thirty. Sure. Is there? Well, I'm just thinking. Are there any more meat on the bone there for you with well, that? I, I, Listen, you know, obviously I'm, to- people- I'm totally with you. I don't think it's going to be a Pacer thing, though. I think he's. I think he's going to go to a true contender. That's yeah. what I think. Unfortunately. Sure. And I get people look at his age, and I totally understand that. I, I tend to think there's two to three years there where you can get something, and I look at it as being very. To me, Benedict Matherin is a pretty volatile dude, and. I think it's critical you make sure you get Matherin right. And I think having Holiday in the building, to me, would not only help you out in the short term of establishing a defensive presence, but it would also be a bit of a guiding light to Matherin. And if you map out a trade, Andy, I don't think you're mortgaging the future here with this. And Holiday strikes me as a dude that is not just a star who walks in here and demands everything. I think he would play a nice complimentary role undersells him, but he would understand the situation that he'd be walking into. All right, quickly on the Colts. Anthony Richardson back at practice. Uh, Getting him cleared now will be the next step by an independent neurologist. That's going to be uh, interesting. That will probably be what? uh, News that we hear today, tomorrow. We'll get more updates on he and Ryan Kelly. I wanted to bring this up as well as we just get ready for the game. And we've talked about the Rams. And by the way, we're still efforting Rams people, me and Mark are. But it's very difficult. It's very difficult. uh, Even at 10 a.m. If we were to do something near the end of the show, it's very early in LA. I threw in the towel on Monday. On yeah, that. yeah, I think we kind of did. Anyway, I, I say that game and the Raiders game at the end of the season, we just throw I mean, in the do towel. Do we care the, about the Rams? The Raiders. I love you discounting the Rams. You're well, co- you're cocky right now about the Colts, and I appreciate it. I'm a little bit more just like it's the. Ra- I mean, like okay, a team in the division, <laughs> sure, but like you know, do we need to ask an Aaron Donald question to Matthews? I'm not. I How great is Aaron Donald? Yeah. What is Aaron Donald like? Tell me to more cover about in Sean the NFL? McVay's photographic memory. 
well, I was going to ask about, okay, so I just, I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't actually think this is anything, but did you see the back and forth that ESPN's Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler had on the website? Did you happen to see that at all, where they just talked about where we are through the first three games of the NFL season? You know, where, you know, they talked about the Bengals being so down and what are the Jets going to do with, you know, are they going to trade for Kirk Cousins or, you know, Zach Wilson conversation or anything like that. Uh, And so part of that was the Jonathan Taylor. And the reason it populated is I got the notification. It's an Indianapolis Colt thing. Boom. It comes right to my iPad. So I'm looking at it. And Dan Graziano uh, says he still, they, you know, they kind of answer the question, will Jonathan T- Taylor be traded before the deadline? Again, the deadline is Halloween. So we have a long time. Uh, we have actually still over a month until we get to the NFL deadline. A lot of things can happen or not happen, I guess. Graziano, they were split here, which is basically this story, is it not? Jeremy Fowler thinks now Indy's a place he's going to be, uh, and then they'll figure out what they're going to do with him after. And Dan Graziano, KB, was, you know, quote, I'll still say yes. From what I understand, he still doesn't want to play for the Colts, and they still don't want to give him a long-term contract. And that immediately kind of piques interest, right? It kind of gets everyone, oh, yeah, this was a story, even locally, that was talked about, and we haven't talked about the last couple weeks, because why? Well, the Colts have started out 2-1. You've dealt with an Anthony Richardson uh, injury. You've dealt with a Ryan Kelly injury. You've been excited about your defense. You've been excited about Shane Steichen, Gus Bradley, and everybody else. So Graziano, and they just have a blurb, and he's got a paragraph. You can go to ESPN.com to see that. And he mentions the Cleveland Browns, okay, which make all the sense in the world. They're one of the 14 teams, guys, that are 2-1 this season. Yes, 14 teams are 2-1. True parity right now in the NFL. And they're one of those teams who are trying to figure out how good they are. They lose Nick Chubb. They're a running Northeast bad weather team that right now has, what, Jerome Ford as their leading running back. And so now they they do have, and I need to look this up, and I I did. I just got to find it. They do have, they don't have a first rounder, but they have a second, a third, a fifth, two sixths, and two sevenths coming up in the upcoming uh, NFL draft. So we can talk about Cleveland, but really the other conversation is Graziano. Well, you know, JT still doesn't want to be there, and they still don't want to give him a contract. It's a good headline. It's just, it's what we know. Uh, We know that JT doesn't want to be here. We know the Colts aren't going to hand him a contract here anytime soon, but that's not the the, the question is, are the two going to have to put up with each other long enough? That's the question, not if he wants to. Put up with the Colts at at some point. I I guess, I don't know, the Colts could tell him not to play. I mean, you'd have a whole different situation there on your hands, but what, JT's got to play six games. Isn't that the number? Six games to get that accured season and to hit free agency uh, next spring. So, yeah, I, I don't no, I mean, JT can be as mad as he wants, but he's going to have to play. Again, I don't see Cleveland. I remember when Nick Chubb went down, we had that conversation the day after. Andrew Barry was a key, key cog in the Colts organization when they traded for Trent Richardson. Uh, I, I don't think he would be doing that same sort of thing and, and risking it, if you will, especially when you consider that they are missing some pretty valuable draft picks here. Upcoming, I think the Kareem Hunt move was kind of like, the all right, we've got the Jerome Ford, we've got Kareem Hunt, this is what we'll roll with this season here. So I, I, I don't view Cleveland. Um, but I do think it's a very real question on, again, what does it look like for Taylor coming up in October? I mean, we are mercifully, we're finally about to get there of like, all right, something has got to happen here starting Monday and then throughout the month of October of he's got to practice, he's got to play, the trade deadline comes up on October 31st, and to me right now, just because I don't see an obvious landing spot elsewhere, I think it comes down to like he's going to have to play here for his own good, if you will. And also, Andy, there's a part of me that's really curious to see what a rushing offense with Richardson, of course, with Taylor, with Moss, and with Zach Moss yeah, would look like. Absolutely. To me, Zach Moss as a power spellback guy. Can you imagine Zach Moss coming in for the third or fourth series in the first half and the second half? I would think that would be something an opposing team would not want to see. I don't think... I think the run blocking's been a little bit better, certainly, than it was early last year. Um, so I, I that, to me, is something that I'm very curious to see. But again, 
I don't think we're at this obvious answer that's coming here next week or even maybe the week after that. And more on the Anthony Richardson front. Good news, Colts injury-wise. Joel A. Erickson from the Star joins us here on the other side. It is a foggy morning in Indy. Some two-hour delays with the Donut County, so certainly take a look at that if you're just waking up on this Thursday morning. Uh, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton right here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Yeah, happy... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Thursday to you. Stay safe out there. Obviously, a lot of fog out there. It's pretty bad. So I know uh, some delays. KB's been talking about this morning. Two-hour delay. I think a few of the other donut county. I mean, I can't even come close to seeing Riley Towers right now. So yeah, keep an eye out Not on that. Yeah, it's a rough one. How about that? Well, we're hanging out in the drivehubler.com studios. Uh, we'll be here until 10 o'clock. Jake and company coming your way at new JMV at 3 o'clock. Also, tons of Colts coverage getting you ready for the game on Sunday. All that coverage pregame Sunday, 9 a.m. Colts and Ravens right here uh, on the fan. All right, let's go out to the Payless Liquors hotline. Joel A. Erickson joins us. He follows the Colts for the Indianapolis Star. Joel, a very happy morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing over there? Uh, we're doing good. We're doing fantastic. KB's getting ready for the Ryder Cup. Joel, do you hate the Reds or the Cubs more? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's got to be the Cubs. Come on. Yeah, it's the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the Cubs. I, 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 I had to be the heard, Cubs. Yeah, that heard, was an easy one. heard Mark Dykton <laughs> pleading to you, please oh, rest right. your starters yeah. for this final series <laughs> hey, of the year it. over there. Joel A. Erickson, by the way, diehard Brewers fan for yeah. those. Will they rest the starters, Joel? Unfamiliar. Is that something you think they'll do? Uh, I think that they'll they'll play like, like they might have guys getting like, Five innings and three at bats and stuff. Yeah, but they'll yeah they'll they'll do some. The, the real answer to that though is the real answer to that though is uh, the Cardinals. In, in, in who do you hate more, the Cubs or the Reds? The answer is the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, always uh, yeah. every single time we can agree, and you yeah. all of us can <laughs> sing Kumbaya yeah. uh-huh. to that. Data supports that. Yes, right? there, <laughs> there, there is there's evidence out there. There is evidence in, out there, Joel, in the indie app- market. <laughs> On that, I will that. share that with you a little bit later, Joel. Uh, l- let's get into Anthony Richardson, Joel. Obviously, a great sign yesterday, full participant in practice. The assumption is he will be under center coming up on Sunday. Let me throw a couple of aspects to Richardson that I'm curious about. I, w- I wonder if anyone, any of them stand out to you. Um, his playing style. Do we see any alterations of that coming off the missed time due to injury? Do we see any more deep balls? Really, what we saw from Richardson, Joel, was like an efficient passing game when he was in there. And then third, I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like with Zach Moss. I mean, we only saw that duo for a quarter. So of those three, playing style, you know, the the, the type of passing game, and then the run game with Zach Moss, uh, which one are you most curious about with Richardson's expected return this week? Passing game. Passing game. I, I they've right now they've got uh I think they're averaging something it depends on I, I think they're at like five point nine or five point eight yards per pass, uh yards per attempt depending on um which way you round. Um and it's the you know, it, in the long term that's just not gonna be very productive as a passing game. Um obviously, you know, Richardson's been, Richardson has been efficient so far. And that's that's been a good sign from him, but you know, after after a, uh, an entire off season hearing about explosives and how many explosive plays. Now, I think I think if I'm right, and I think you might have brought this up yesterday, that their, their explosive play rankings are actually better than you'd expect. But but those that that, that yards per attempt has to come up because I think seven and a half is the sort of accepted like, hey, we're doing pretty good. Um, 5.9 is not, it's not anywhere near that. 
Joel A. Erickson with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You know, we were talking about this, Joel, the last couple days. Given that, you know, he's missed more quarters than he's played, it's like you kind of have to reset yourself. You saw him play against Jacksonville, and then the beginning of Houston, that was so good. And then he leaves the Houston game with a concussion. We have, is he going to play all week? And then ultimately he doesn't play in such a huge win at Baltimore on Sunday. We have to kind of like gear ourselves up to, okay, what is Anthony Richardson going to be after the injury? And and is he, quite frankly, going to pick up where he left off against the Houston Texans? There's no way to know, but it's just interesting in week four, we're having to kind of say, okay, what is Anthony Richardson going to bring? Yeah, and and I think the other part is we might have been in that spot anyway. You know, rookies don't necessarily have... Um, perfectly linear growth patterns. Um, uh, you know, you, you catch the right, the right defensive coordinator who, who mixes things up in a way that, that the rookie isn't ready for, and, and you, we might have had that too. Um, I think. I think you know. In the last question too, the, the playing style thing. It it seemed like it seemed like part of part of what Richardson is learning is um, kind of you have to play through it. Kind of have to play through the you know the the, the gaps are going to close faster. You can't expect to get in the end zone without getting hit. That kind of thing, um, and that that makes me wonder like is, is this a, is this a situation where uh, we see a quarterback maybe playing just a tad bit harder for lack of a better term when he comes back out. Um, you know, it, it, that that was another interesting piece because you, you you just can't you can't take his legs away from him, um, and in, entirely, and he's going to be out in some of those spots uh, as it goes. You just you'd rather have him taking the the sort of hits that Lamar Jackson was taking from the the Colts on Sunday as opposed to you know MJ Stewart coming across and trying to dislodge the ball. Joel Erickson's with us here from the Indianapolis Star. Obviously, him and Nate Atkins over there uh, have great, great coverage from a beat perspective with the Colts. Joel, what's been the biggest surprise positively for you through the first three weeks of the Colts? I think I think the defense and and really that front seven, um, sort of being being good enough that they eat that they either however you want to put it. Mask a little bit of youth in the secondary, make up for a little bit of youth in the secondary. Um, they had, you know, coming into this, you, you felt like that was the one position that they they, they did address in free agency. Um, you know, they brought in two guys. Um, it felt like they had a lot of depth there, but you know, I, I think I think maybe the last five ish years or so has kind of, had kind of left, you know us and, and Colts fans thinking, okay, well, it, it sounds good, right? Or it sounds okay in the in the offseason, but let's wait and see on the defensive line um, because we, we've seen this end up being less than uh, disruptive in the past. But but so far, I mean, it's, it's, only, it's only three games. Um, just impressive to get the plays they're getting from that unit. And I thought that, that Lamar Jackson specifically – was a a sort of perfect test piece given what he did to the Colts in Baltimore two years ago and the fact that he's playing in, in a Todd Munkin offense that is, is encouraging him to get the ball out even faster than um, than most quarterbacks in the NFL. And they, they came over with four sacks. And when Jackson started to get rolling in the second half, um, which, you know, the last time... <laughs> Last time any of us watched that start to happen against the Colts, it, it they never slowed him down. Um, this, this time you get a Zaire Franklin sack, you get a Quiddy Pay sack, you get the pocket kind of collapsing down and forcing some uh, some errant throws late. I think the front seven and just just how good they've been is a surprise. I, I didn't think that they were the the weakness of the defense by any um, by any stretch, but but twelve sacks and sort of dominating. Um, 
down the stretch against Lamar Jackson kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I, Joel, listen, I would agree with you. The defense has obviously been better than I thought it would be. And then to take that a step further, you know, <laughs> me and KB are sitting here, and I think we feel the same about the game on Sunday there in Lucas Oil against the Rams. And it's like, okay, if they can just make Matthew Stafford, you know, if they can get to him, the Rams have some issues on their offensive line. They should be able to do enough to be 3-1. and one. I, I Like, I'm not cocky about it, but I guess I have a level of confidence I didn't think I was going to have a month ago. Is that crazy to think? I mean, that there is a confidence here. The Colts go in, they win on Sunday, and they're 3-1. and one. No, I mean, I think I think that we... I think the, the the thing that's really interesting to me is that I don't know if I expected them to have a blueprint for winning games this quickly in the season, but th- there's there's a pretty clear blueprint for winning games. It's it's that pass rush um, making life painful for an opposing quarterback, and and you're right that it is very possible with the Rams. I mean, yeah. if, if anybody watched the Rams uh, on Monday night, they they were giving up some hits of Matt Stafford. Um, but if, if the defense keeps it in range and then the offense does does just enough. Um, and and the, I think the hope is obviously down the line that the offense is doing more than just enough. But there's there's a, a path to a win um, that, that seems pretty doable in a lot of situations. I mean, I, I saw Trey Hendrickson from the Bengals hitting Matt, Matthew Stafford over and over again off the blind side, and I thought, well, Samson Ebicom's done that before. Yep. So, you know, it's 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 it looked to me like it looked to me like that that front gives you a chance. Yeah, fourth straight week. It's looking like the Colts are going to see a backup left tackle here to start this season. Joel A. Erickson is with us from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, we saw last year a big win in week three. The Chiefs come to Lucas Oil Stadium, and sure, they had a lot of, you know, maybe gifts that they handed the Colts, but credit to the Colts for taking those gifts and turning them in to a win. Obviously, last week was a big win in week three on the road in Baltimore. How would you compare maybe... I don't know, maybe the level of optimism or do, do you feel like it's a little bit realer this year after three weeks based off what they did in weeks one and two compared to last year where weeks one and two did not go very well leading into the surprise victory in week three? Yeah, I I think I think a ton of the optimism just surrounds that Anthony Richardson has looked better, I think, than most of us expected. Um, and... You know, last year, the opposite was true. We were coming off of games where we were going, oh, the offensive line, Matt Ryan, this this looks really bad. Um, but Anthony Richardson looks better than, than most of us expected. I think the offensive line looks better than most of us expected. Now, in terms of, like, you can see, you can see a, a scenario where this, because it, it's a very gettable schedule, um, where, where this, this puts them in the mix and, and we're, Interesting. It's, 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 there's also, you know, it's still a rookie quarterback and injuries or something could happen. And, uh, maybe, maybe we're not talking about the same way, but I think, I think just the presence of Richardson, the way he's looked in the, the sample, the small sample size we've seen so far and just relative to what the expectation was, um, it, it feels a lot rosier on the, on the Colt side of things. And I think, and I think a lot of people expect it. I think, I think not just, not just us, but also fans. Joel A. Erickson hanging out with us here on the fan on this Thursday on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Let's move to Jonathan Taylor. Joel, uh, got to ask you about it. I, what do you think here? I mean, you're you're getting to the point here where you're going to start writing again and podcasting again a lot about Jonathan Taylor. That conversation's going to pick up. What do you think about a timeline? He may not want to play for the Colts. Will he have to play for the Colts? Could this thing get ugly between uh, he and the Colts? You know, where they could find him, etc. What do you think here as you listen, week five of the Titans, there's a chance he could be out there? Uh, it, from my perspective, it feels like he's sort of out of options in terms of in terms of what he can do to force the Colts' hand. Um, you know, the two teams the two teams that were reported that have been reported and, and were interested the first time, you'd, you'd probably be surprised that, that Miami would still be in it after uh, Devon Chain had the huge game on on Sunday. Green Bay, um, maybe because AJ AJ Dillon has right. averaging two point seven yards per carry, um, but they're also two and one. 
um, which I, I guess I could make a case for the Packers to, to want him either way, or either for that to affect the Packers either way. They could either feel like, hey, we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good without him, or, you know, they could, they could say, hey, we've got a chance here, and we, we're really kind of missing some explosiveness on offense. Um, but that being said, I think, I think some of the running back headlines around the league maybe make teams a little bit reticent. Um, so I, I keep thinking, though, just in terms of what he can do, he's got to play at some point um, just because of the way the contract works and everything like that. At some point, he's going to have to play. And if the Colts are, are sticking to the same value that they, that they were sticking to before, it doesn't seem like teams are going to match that. And that, that seems like he's going to play, have to play. Joel, I want to make sure I've got everything in order with the Taylor situation. So starting Monday, that begins a 21-day period, right, that he has to that, – that he's able to practice, and it's a roster exemption. He doesn't count towards the roster, the 53-man roster, uh, but he's eligible to be brought up and playing in a game during that 21-day window. Is that correct? I think so. Uh, the part I'm not entirely sure on is if he has to – if they have to start that window or if he can stay on pup longer than four weeks like IR and they could activate him later. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I thought that was the difference between pup and IR. Like pup was only four weeks, whereas IR could be a little bit longer. But yeah, that's something I need to double check. And then again, he needs six games, is that correct, to get the occurred season? Well, I think I think in terms of the games, um, I think that if he, like, say, if he started playing and got and suffered a season-ending injury right away, I think he'd be fine. Right, 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 right. You know, because then he would end up in, um, like Danny Pinter mold, where Danny mm-hmm. Pinter suffered an injury within this season, therefore it right. counts. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Boy, that could be a lot of gray area. <laughs> Isn't that the entire Jonathan Taylor know, situation? I know, yeah, I, know. I mean, at some point, I just I'm tired of waiting. I mean, the whole time I've been here with you, KB, we've been waiting on Jonathan Taylor. I do have one last question for Joel A. Erickson of the Indianapolis Star: If the Chiefs visited Indy this year and not last year, and Taylor Swift was going to be at the Chiefs and Colts this oh, year God. in Lucas Oil, uh, how would the Indy Star follow that story? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you know you'd I, have to do something for I'm it. Just picturing, yeah, you Do- know I'm picturing you Doyle know waiting out of the suite, <laughs> you know eating, eating the food on the uh, on the leftover trays outside of the suite. I, I think. I mean, I think we would definitely cover it. I, I think I would. I think I would generally be off the hook. Okay. Um, Good for you. It would, it, it, well, I think. I think that you have to. Uh, yeah, you put the people on it who who uh, you know have some experience in that particular area, and that's that's all I'll say. I'll let you guys figure out <laughs> who has more uh, who has more uh, Taylor Swift knowledge than I do. Which is, uh, mine is mine is next to none. But I thought, as is mine, I thought Joel was going to go down the path of Mike Pence's stay in a suite at Lucas Oil from a few years ago. <laughs> that was but a brief, a brief stay. Thankfully, yeah. Joel did not go down that path. Joel, congrats to your Brewers. Say hi to the littlest Erickson for us, and we will see you out of practice here in a bit. Absolutely, son. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good, guys. All right, final hour of the show. We got you to 10 o'clock. Query and Company coming your way at noon, 3 o'clock JMV. You heard the promo there. He is going to be out and about talking gambling and taking shots, KB. That's what he's. That's what the <laughs> afternoon guys do, uh, taking shots, having fun we, there. I think we've taken a few shots in the morning show. Uh, well, we've only taken one since I've been here. What the was rum-chata. it? The, the rum chata? Oh, is that beautiful. what it's called? It was good, too. Yeah, so outside, very good. I know it's not warm weather, but the look of this weather screams rum chata. It screams football. I'm debating if we should do like a Friday taste test like 
of the pumpkin beers or something like that. Because everybody said these pumpkin beers are the thing to get them. Should I go get like a mix and match six pack and we just do like samples and see which one? Yeah. Rate them one to five or something like that. Let me Google some bottle shops and see what we can do. You know where our next guest just got back from? Speaking of tasting, speaking of drinking, Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files. He did the old uh, Napa wine tours. Nice. Very nice. I've done that before. That was fun. I got the report from Scott a few days ago. Scott, you said thumbs up, right? Yeah, definitely. Long overdue. Glad to get that done. And uh, nice little preseason trip as we uh, get things started. Did you did you have to wear a sweater over your uh, shoulders <laughs> when you were out there in Napa? I did not. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, too, the weather was still very nice and okay. went during the week. Went during the week as well, and so it wasn't much of a crowd versus what I'm very much sure what happens probably over the summer months. Scott, I, I want to start here, and I told Andy during the break, I go, you know, Andy, I've got to ask Scott about Bally because you've been our updater on how do we consume <laughs> Pacer games over the last couple of years. I don't know if there is an update, but we haven't chatted in a while. So with games starting, I don't know, preseason games, I don't think they air those, but with the regular season opener less than a month away, where are we at with how do we consume Pacer games this coming season? <laughs> I knew it was coming, KB. I just expected it as usual last. Yeah, uh, I so, thought so, let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, I thought it was going to be first or last. We were either going to open with Bally's or Dame Lillard being traded <laughs> yesterday. It was one or the other, Scott. Absolutely. No, I hear you. I hear you. It's, from what I've heard, it's mostly status quo, KB. It's uh same way that you consumed last year, whether it be um, I think FUBU's been added to the mix, by the way. So if you're on FUBU TV, uh, I think that is now an alternative as well. Um, but not on YouTube TV. We'll still be Bally Sports Plus subscription. I will note it's one thing cool I think the Pacers are doing is even if you get one of the mini season subscriptions, they're doing those little packages. Um, there's two of them with six games each, I believe. That includes a six-month subscription to Bally Plus. So I think okay. that's... That's a good step forward, um, I think, as well, to get people maybe more in that habit. Um, I like that. Two two preseason games will be televised. There will be the two home games. The other two will be televised by the local markets and the other ones. So there's a slight chance if you're on League Pass or something, you'll still be able to get it uh, through those local channels. And then I believe they're, they're planning to call all but the one um, uh, I think it's one national TV game, if I'm right. So I think it's going to be 81 regular season games. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Well, can, get, I, can I ask Scott front, something yeah. just real quick? Yeah. Uh, Mark may have to go back. Did you call it Fubo TV or Fubu TV? I think it's Fubo TV. F-U-B-O. Fubu. Fubu. Fubu for us, by us. I thought thought you said Fubu. That's what I thought, which which is why, (laughs) if you're watching the YouTube, which is why I was smiling. uh, You know, I I didn't see, I I never wore Fubu, and KB, I would imagine you probably uh, did not either. The golf team. The golf team at Cathedral probably wasn't wearing Fubu. No, maybe if we did, we want one more. I don't think we're the demographic yeah. for that. No, no. Fubo on that front. So it's Fubo. the same as the stream, right? Is nineteen ninety nine? Is that is that what it is per month, Scott? If you want to go with the Bally app, is that correct? Yeah, I don't think that's changing. I have not heard okay. for sure, but I think I think it's still the nineteen ninety nine part price point. Okay. All right. Wanted to get that out yeah. of the way. Go ahead and ask no, away. No, on, I mean, listen, on, listen, on listen. It's a it's it a, big a big topic. topic no, year. it is a big topic. I totally understand. Scott Agnes with us, uh, hanging out on the Payless Liquors Hotline on the Fan on this Thursday. Uh, you know, following a team in the Eastern Conference and especially just such a huge move in the NBA. What were your thoughts on Dame Lillard in the three team trade yesterday? Yeah, I think like a lot of us, I was like, the box, interesting. They hadn't been talked about at all, but that's so often is how it goes many times in this route. Uh, I think then my next reaction was, all right, the ceiling was raised, but I think the floor was lowered for Milwaukee. Like, Drew Holiday is incredibly still underrated. Um, it's one of the players that Rick Carlisle couldn't stop talking about when the Pacers played the Bucks. I think it was the last time in Indianapolis. Like, when you ask players, uh, at least on the Pacers, I, I almost guarantee that's who they're showing film of. Because Tyrese Halliburton, uh, he was r- really excited to have conversations with Drew at the All-Star game. Uh, you talk with Andrew Nemhard, what he wants to become, it's a Drew Holiday type player. So, I, I, I do not overlook that, and I also see those draft picks 
that Milwaukee gave up in all this. One for sure, plus two pick swaps. It's in that 2028 to 2030 range. Well, guess what's probably going to happen in seven years? The Bucks not be very good. So I think the ultimately Portland's coming out looking really good. I think this is a big gamble for for uh, Milwaukee up there. However, I think like the rest of us, they read and have heard what Giannis had to say and said, all right, well, we want to do something. Um, I am just a little concerned about it just because we saw how well that team played when they were out there. It's just that they've been bothered by injuries the last two years. Yeah, I would echo a lot of that. Again, Scott Agnes with us here from Fieldhouse Files. Scott, I I think you kind of know where I usually come from with a lot of this stuff. I'm not one that's like, Scott, this player's rumored to be wanting to get out of this city. Could the Pacers go after him? Like, I'm not one like, just dial up the trade machine and let's see if you can make it work. The Drew Holiday one, though, I find interesting. I I get his age. He's 33 years old. That does not match up with the Pacers' timeline. But with what you just said about how the Pacers feel about him, what he could do for Benedict Mather and Andrew Nemhart, his wife is from Indianapolis. I don't know. This is one that just screams a little bit more like... Maybe. I, I, I don't know if it 100% makes sense. It probably doesn't. But I think there are a lot of very important qualities that Drew Holiday brings to a basketball team that the Pacers would love to have. Ludacris, agree, disagree? Where you at? I agree with that last part. Like, every team should want him. Like, I could go on for an entire show about that. Now, in terms of his fit for the Pacers, I mean, you look at the franchise pillar, Tyrese. So there's a lot of overlap right there. Yeah, is he two-point guardy? Yeah, and the timeline. I mean, he's 33. Pacers, we just heard this week, them not even mention the playoffs. Talk about having a long-term vision. Well, if I'm Drew and if you're the Pacers having to give up a ton of assets, it's going to be really fascinating to see what Drew, what the Blazers are able to get ultimately for Drew Holiday. Because there are so many teams, like teams ready to win right now, that I think would be very interested. I think of the L.A. teams right away. First of all, he's from there played college ball there. Miami could be there. Philly could be there. Boston will probably take an interest in it. Uh, I, I don't think, if I'm Drew especially, but if you're the Blazers, you're trying to create a bidding war, and I think it's going to get really hot. Yeah, I, I, I do agree, I agree. on that on that yeah. last part. Okay, let me throw a couple of names, maybe even numbers at you. Buddy Heald, TJ McConnell, and let's group the three backup centers into the other two. So Heald, McConnell, and let's go Daniel Tice, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith. Those five guys are all on the Pacers right now. On October 28th, Scott, will all five still be on the Pacers? Yeah, I'll, I'll say yeah. You don't see many trades go down right now. Right. Like we're we're talking about the Lillard thing, but that's an exception. That's because these teams kind of have an urgency before camp, the awkwardness, the questions. But generally speaking, you just don't see it. Rosters are set. That's why the Buddy Heald stuff coming out a couple weeks ago or getting out a couple weeks ago, uh, a little bit odd because if a player true, it really wanted to be moved or and wanted to put themselves in position for that to become a – sooner reality here you got to do it during the roster construction periods june july by then it's basically just minimum contracts exhibit tens which are training camp deals those sorts of things for the most part um or superstar type guys being on the move there so i I don't think it's likely that any move will get done um especially because this dane deal is done and i I thought there was a chance uh, perhaps like a tj mcconnell could have been included to phoenix if the Pacers were able to get into a 14 trade or something like that, with Dame being done, I just I just don't see anything on deck. Scott Agnes with us here, uh, Fieldhouse Files, uh, hanging out on a Thursday on the fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, you know, you mentioned playoffs. You know, the the Pacers not mentioning playoffs, maybe trying to downplay things. I know they were able to do that, kind of downplay things last year and overachieve. Yeah. So I guess put these in the the uh, order of most likelihood of happening. The Pacers miss the playoffs. The Pacers make the playoffs, but are in the you know the play-in teams, the play-in tournament, or the Pacers make the playoffs and are one of the top six seeds this season. How would you rank those? Yeah, I think in terms of most likely, I would say it'd be in the playoffs, but in that like play-in tier, miss the playoffs, and then in that top six. And I say that because it doesn't if if it depends what path they choose, and the the fact that. 
to be clear, the players, we talked to Benedict Matherin at his camp a week ago. He mentioned playoffs. He said that's the number one goal. It's more, I think, right now we're seeing the front office and presumably the coaching staff, although we'll hear from Rick coming up on Monday, is they're in a wait-and-see approach. It doesn't mean they're not pushing for the playoffs. It doesn't mean that's not the end game here. But they got to figure out what they have for the big picture is the approach they're sitting back there because uh, all those names, uh, I think that Kevin just rattles off, are big question marks. Mm-hmm. Or what, what are their roles look like? I mean, I, I still can't believe we're having the logjam question at center. It feels like that's uh, in perpetuity here, just forever, endlessly talking about the center spot and having too many guys and needing to simplify that or clarify that is the kind of the terms I keep going back to. And then it's kind of the overlap at the two-guard spot, whether it's Bruce, whether it's Buddy, Benedict, all those guys moving forward. Until you can figure that out, then I think you have a plan, then you have an direction. Um, we knew all along this season wasn't going to be about contending. I completely agree with what they've said about we want to be a contender, we want to build this so that we can contend for a championship and be relevant like that, for certain. But I figured this year would be about getting back to the playoffs, rebuilding the fan base once again, because I think everything is in a great place. You just want to continue to add to that. Um, But I'd be shocked if they're far out of the playoff picture. I think they'll be in that all year, pending health as usual. And Scott Agnes, you hear him on with us pretty much every Thursday during the Pacers' season. So always looking forward to those conversations with Scott. It's been a while since we've caught up. With him, we're doing that now as media day and training camp start early next week. Scott, I saw that uh, Greg Doyle had in his latest that the Pacers made a multi-year offer around Buddy's current salary. So three years, fifty-seven million were the numbers that Greg threw out there. Had you heard that as well? Um, currently making about nineteen million for this season, and that extension again three years around that. Yeah, yeah, something about that range. But he was looking for a pay raise. He wanted a little love, much like he's seen his teammates get. I mean, he sees Buddy, or excuse me, Bruce Brown get twenty-two million, uh, a guy that was making six million last year with the Denver Nuggets. Um, he's a guy that, I mean, his argument's pretty transparent. I'm one of the best shooters in the league. I'm always available. I've missed six games in seven seasons, um, and and I want to have success as much as you but he wants to feel a little love. And right now it hadn't been moving that way. And so he's a little bit unhappy about that, but he's also not a guy that's going to cause chaos or hold out or anything that I ha- think's happening more in your world with JT and all of that. That just isn't going to happen here. I don't expect. So you think he's good with coming off the bench. It's more about what the extension looks like. Uh, I, I think in the right setting, maybe he'd be comfortable coming off the bench. I, I haven't even broached that just because I don't think that's locked in. We did hear Chad Buchanan, the Pacers GM, talk about or basically reference how Benedict's going to be the starter, at least to open training camp. But I, again, about the long-term approach, I also think I'm very curious to see how these lineups and rotations mesh and blend together. And so If you have Buddy out there, there's got to be a lot of overlap with Tyrese. Those two have just shown and and what kind of production they can have together. Um, It's in the plus, and and that you take that you don't take that lightly. So um, I don't know for certain. Let's say if Buddy would. That's one of my first questions, probably to Buddy. If you're coming off the bench all season, are you comfortable, content with that? Um, And Buddy's pretty transparent. Even if he doesn't say it, you can see it on his face however he is feeling. Um, But right now, my understanding was during these contract conversations over the last couple of months, it it wasn't even a, a, you know, none of these roles were promised. That wasn't a big hiccup. It was sitting there, hey, look, I want a pay increase from what I've been just like my teammates. So a week from Sunday in Memphis for the first preseason game, the second one in Houston then a week from Tuesday, but you said both the home games, Scott, the 16th of October, the 20th of October, those two preseason games should be available here locally via Bally? Yeah, that's correct. As usual, the home games, but the road games will not. Got it, got it, got it. And again, the the regular season opener is Wednesday, October 25th against the Wizards. Scott Agnes from Bally Sports to Damian Lillard covering it all for us here. Thank you, Scott. Absolutely. Thanks, guys.